Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. Hi, this is Aviva Richmond from Hadar sharing thoughts on Parshat Balak, a people's prophet, a prophet's people. In Parshat Balak, the ruler of Moab calls on Bilam to curse Israel. God ends up putting words of blessing in his mouth, and he speaks prophetically about the people of Israel. The episode raises questions about prophecy, when it is and isn't present, and for whom. Interpreters across generations and genres have wondered why God is speaking to a prophet who isn't Moshe, and isn't even part of Israel. Does Torah suggest that other nations have authentic prophets? And if so, does that in some way detract from Israel's authenticity and relationship with God? The fact that God speaks through Bilam could be theologically destabilizing, even though the story ends well with blessing. Many interpretations point out differences in Bilam's prophecy to assert that he wasn't a quote-unquote real prophet like Moshe. These interpretations reflect a sense of insecurity about God having a relationship with prophets from other nations. Yet the plain text itself seems to harbor no self-consciousness regarding God speaking to Bilam. The Hasidic teacher Rabbi Yehuda Aryeleb, the Svaramet, engages a midrash that takes a different approach to Bilam the prophet. In the local narrative, the story of Bilam is mostly about how God saved Israel from potential curse. But in this midrash, Bilam represents something much larger, God's fairness is at stake. The Midrash assumes it was only fair that God should speak to prophets in other nations. Otherwise, they would have had a real claim against God, saying something like, it's not our fault that we didn't follow your ways, it's your fault, since you didn't give us anyone to reveal your ways. Out of fairness, God gave Moab the prophet Bilam. This was the moment God offered non-Israelites to enter into relationship. However, this attempt failed. The Midrash contrasts the cruelty of Bilam with the merciful tone of Israelite prophets towards all nations. Obviously, it is a bit selective in the passages from prophets it quotes. And the Midrash concludes, This cruel one, Bilam, attempted to uproot an entire nation for nothing. Therefore, the Parsha of Bilam was written to make known why the Holy One removed prophecy from the idol-worshipping nations, For this one arose from them, and look what he did. There is a paradoxical interplay between universalism and particularism here. In theory, there is a universalist picture of prophecy. However, in practice, in the end, only Israel has prophecy, because they use this particular privilege to express universal compassion. This interplay between universalism and particularism explains both why God spoke to Bilam and why God doesn't speak to prophets from other nations anymore. The Midrash is meant to silence any doubts about the Jews' unique relationship with God through prophecy, but it actually exposes a deeper problem. To the extent that it is somehow reassuring for a sense of Jewish authenticity to establish that the other nations had no more prophets, at this point in history, neither does Israel. The Midrash has explained why God gave and took away prophecy for other nations, but we are left to wonder what it means that God took away prophets from Israel too. 
It is this latter issue, exposed but unaddressed by the Midrash, that becomes the primary focus of the Svarimet. In his homily from the year 1889, he turns the Midrash inside out to expose this more pressing question. The issue is that prophecy seeks to actualize the potential through speech, for the prophet can be defined as, quote-unquote, the mouth of Israel. Therefore, the power of the prophet depends on the avodah, the spiritual work of all of the people of Israel. More than B'nai Israel needs the prophet, the prophet needs them. Here, the Svanimet makes the simple move that a prophet speaks from the people or of the people, as opposed to what we might have thought and what the Midrash seems to assume, that the prophet speaks from God to the people. This is a key shift, for now the power of the prophet depends on the people. Based on this interdependent system, the Svarimet explains that when God gave the other nations Bil'am, he wasn't really a prophet, but a potential vessel of prophecy, Klinevuah. The other nations were not ready to support prophecy, so he did not actualize this potential. When the Midrash says that God could point to Bil'am to justify why he gave no more prophets to the other nations, the Svarimet understands that as pointing to the people's own inadequacy. Of course, the only next logical and troubling step is that Israel's lack of prophets nowadays is also a reflection of inadequacy. And that is exactly the next step the Svarimet takes. We can say the same of why prophecy was taken away from us, that it is also due to our sins. Instead of prophecy being a unidirectional gift bestowed by God, it has become, in the view of the Svarimet, something earned, or even most of it, something that is in our hands to enable. If we are as undeserving as other nations, we too lack prophecy. But this equation is not left as is in a state of loss. The Svarimet goes on to completely reread the Midrash, to flip its contents in a way that preserves its meaning. But, The fact that prophecy has been taken away is also testimony to the people of Israel that the nations of the world will not say it is only because God brought us close and gave us prophets that we were drawn after God. Therefore, prophecy was taken away from us. Despite the fact that we have lost prophecy, the people of Israel hold strong in believing in the Blessed One and engage in God's mitzvot to make known that the inner divine is found within the people of Israel even though we do not have prophets. Unlike for the Midrash, where the burning question was, how could God give a prophet to another nation? The burning question for the Svarimet is, what does it mean that God took away prophecy from Israel? He concludes that it is for the same purpose, so that other nations cannot claim Israel received privileged treatment. There is nothing inherently different between Israel and the other nations. There is just a choice a desire to be in relationship with God through belief and mitzvot, even without any clear indicator of God's interest or guidance in that relationship through prophecy. The Svarimet clearly urges us to hold fast in our beliefs and practices, even with nothing to go on. But there is more here. This picture of a shared vacuum of prophecy is not the final word. As he said before, 
It is within ourselves as a people that the potential for prophecy lies. We may in fact be able to create a prophet. Although it used to be that knowledge of God became widespread through words that issued from the mouth of a prophet, the mouthpiece of prophecy is actually elsewhere in our own world. Knowledge of God is hidden in words of Torah and prayer. He also describes Shabbat as a sort of prophet in our day. Instead of amplifying an insecurity about whether other nations have prophets and whether our own lack of prophets means we are inadequate, Svadimet here invites us to focus on our own substantive practice. We can create the prophetic mouthpiece when we open our mouths in Torah and prayer and when we are open to the insight that Shabbat brings. Worrying about who has or doesn't have a prophet is just a distraction from the real work. Nowadays, Nobody has prophets. We are just like the other nations. There is no external sign of Israel's chosenness. All that matters is choosing to throw ourselves into the work we feel we can do in the world. The strength of our belief in this vision, even with no external explicit prophet, is the essence of prophecy anyway. The moment doesn't call for debunking others' prophets or waiting for our own prophet to guide us. The moment calls for becoming the people we can be, and if we do a good job of that, we will already have created the prophet we think we need. Shabbat Shalom. We'll close with a melody about a prophet, Eliyahu Hanavi. Eliyahu Hanavi Eliyahu This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.